Welcome to Fast Fiction. You could almost set your watch by them. Every weekday, immediately after the nine o'clock news, Bob Miller would make his way down the long winding drive to check his mail. And, wet or fine, he would see the two of them coming up the hill. It was a curious sight, one that gave Bob much merriment. But because of the sharp incline of the hill, just outside his driveway, Bob would see the top of her beanie come into view first. She always had it perched on the top of her head like a tea cosy, with the pom-pom bobbing loose and up and down like a bouncing ball. Of course, once her shoulders and upper arms appeared, the top of his beanie would come into view, perched like hers as if it was about to take flight. Then the entire wheelchair would be seen. By the time she reached the top of the hill, she would be puffing and blowing, cruising the summit with a moment's rest, before bracing herself for the short but steep descent past Bob's house. Why she insisted on taking that arduous route was a puzzle. Though, to be honest, anyone living in that part of the town would find it hard to go anywhere without having to combat the hills and dales, and that part of the range was very pretty. It was no wonder she always seemed glad with the excuse to stop a while and have a few minutes' chat with Bob before going on her way. Although, even after nearly a year, Bob still didn't know too much about either of them. They were still on formal names. He would say, "'Good morning, Mrs. Tynan. How are you today?' And she would say, "'Very well, thank you, Mr. Miller. Bit hot today?' Which, of course, would be varied to cold, wet, humid or foggy according to the weather. At first... Bob had also spoken to the old man. The latter's efforts to reply had been embarrassing, and Mrs. Tynan had quickly explained about the stroke. Her confidence in his ultimate recovery was touching, and she was happy to discuss all the new treatments available, even though she regretfully admitted the prognosis from his doctor had not been good. However, as the months passed, the old man's colour did begin to improve, and even the odd word became discernible. By spring... He was putting slow, painful sentences together that were almost comprehensible. Soon after that, Bob missed them altogether. He couldn't help but wonder if perhaps the old man had died. But no, it was simply that their route had changed slightly. The reason for the change became apparent a few weeks later when Bob spied what at first was an incredible sight. The old man was walking, or more correctly shuffling, behind a wheelchair holding on to the handles for support, with his wife close and protective beside him. Summer moved on to autumn, and the shuffle slowly became a cumbersome gait, and eventually improved to a reasonable walk. Mrs. Tynan's eyes were aglow with determination. One day, when passing them on his way to get a paper, she confided to Bob that she had managed to enrol her husband in speech therapy classes. Sure enough, next time he saw them, Bob was bowled over when his response to his Good morning, Mrs. Tynan. Good morning, Mr. Tynan. Mr. Tynan managed a very acceptable Good morning, Mr. Miller, back. He also looked wonderful. Other than a slight slackness around the mouth and an occasional twitch down the left side of his face, he was fine. Unfortunately, the same could not be said of his wife. Neighbourhood gossip confirmed that the struggle to get the old man on his feet was having a devastating effect upon Mrs. Tynan. The old lady was now nothing more than skin and bone, and no matter what the weather, 
She always had a sickly pallor and a glassy look in her eye. But she still spoke about her husband's progress with enthusiasm and outlined with almost excited fervour the plans for him to go on to the group's rehabilitation classes. The next time Bob saw them, the old man was positively blooming. He walked with a slow but distinguished bracing and purposeful tread. His face had regrained a useful and extremely personal countenance. And now, some two years since his stroke, one could truthfully say Mr. Tynan was perfectly well. But Mrs. Tynan was sick, very sick. Constant care for her invalid husband, worry, economising on the essentials to pay for the physio and rehab classes, had all taken their toll. She could barely drag her feet along the daily constitutional, and looked like a bag lady in her shabby old clothes that were now far too big for her meagre frame. One day, the inevitable happened. Five days a week, the taxi would arrive at the Tynan Smallworth aboard cottage to take Mr. Tynan to the day centre. He would leave soon after 9.30 in the morning and return home about four o'clock in the afternoon. He had been such a success that the staff had encouraged him to continue attendance at classes as a means to help out with some of the other patients. There were a number of other patients who did the same. It was considered good therapy to build up confidence and self-esteem, and it certainly appeared to work in the majority of cases. As the taxi disappeared up the road, out of sight on this disastrous wintry Wednesday morning, Mrs Tynan collapsed at the doorway. Word had it via the grapevine later that she had been outside on the porch for a number of hours in the pouring rain before finally managing to crawl inside the house. But the strength needed to do more than that had eluded her, especially as the telephone had been the first luxury to go when the hard times hit. Her frailty had given way to exhaustion. At that point, a few days' hospital care would have had her right, but being winter, pneumonia had set in before she was found, almost eight hours later, by the next-door neighbour. At the graveside, Mr Tynan said how much he would miss his wife. Although, as he said, it was probably a happy release, she had not enjoyed good health for years and had few interests. He told friends and relatives he was most regretful they had not come home earlier, as he said, if he had, he would most certainly have called a doctor and even an ambulance, regardless of the expense. But unfortunately the collapse had occurred on the very day he had stayed on a little later with one of the other volunteers. Mrs Lyle, a sprightly and fairly wealthy widow, helped out at the day centre, specialising in bridge playing, especially with a gentleman who didn't like the craft programmes. Mr Tyman had been an avid card player in his time, and found her company most stimulating. She had offered to drive him home after the daycare, calling in at first to a pleasant little cafe for afternoon tea. They had got talking and quite forgotten the time. Mr Tynum was dry-eyed at the funeral, although obviously battling to keep his sorrow private. He was grateful to the support given him by dear Mrs Lyle, and was enthusiastic about her many virtues. As he confided in one of his friends at the funeral, he didn't wish to speak ill of the dead, but it was a real pleasure to be in the company of a lady who took an active interest in her appearance and in the world around her. Not only that, but apparently her thoughtfulness knew no bounds. She had even provided him with a brand new suit that showed that he could show respect at his wife's funeral. 
She had also arranged transportation and made sure that all comforts for his attendance on this dismal day were done with style. In fact, as Mr. Tynan said, to all who would listen, he really didn't know how to thank her for all she had done for him. It was good to find a really nice woman once in a while. You have been listening to The Odd Couple, written by Brianda Cross and narrated by John Cross. If you would like to know a little more about other podcasts in this series, their creator as well as the dramatists themselves, go to fastfictionpodcasts.com. You will also have the opportunity to have a taste of other pods available, as well as a little information about the backstory to their inspiration. <laughs>